this is just the fucking Lawrence Fox ass uh, hard times create strong men, uh, strong men create good times, good times create soft men, soft men create hard times. Soft men don't bust. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that's that's literally all this is. This is a fucking laundered meme from some yeah. groiper. This is stupid. Yeah. Oh, of course it is. That's why we're reading it. Mm. Uh, in fact, Alice. <laughs> oh no, this isn't good. Like most of the articles you have us read. <laughs> You've prefigured the next bit, which is, this has happened before, of course, in Rome and Egypt and the other great empires of the past. Success led to complacency, then decadence. Uh-huh, uh-huh. In Rome, they had too many pronouns, and yep. therefore this that led to the fucking Visigoths. I mean, Latin, famously well, a language in ancient Rome, they had many pronouns. more pronouns. Exactly. Because their pronouns all declined. Exactly. So <laughs> The decline and fall of the Roman pronoun. <laughs> That's uh, right, exactly. Uh, no, uh, they didn't he actually just says, have her, they had all kinds of de- declinations of that, so what, it went so much further. What do you think is the book that he quotes from? From next, oh Christ, Neil Ferguson? No, no, no. He's more of a he's posturing it being an intellectual, so he's going to go older. Oh. Is it Malcolm Gladwell? It, it is decline and fall, isn't it? It's given. That's absolutely right, Alice. It is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, where it says, yeah, that's insiders are typically the worst. He says the, he quotes some decline and fall, you know, the usual stuff. Then he says, but Gibbon's point is simple: insiders of a system are typically the worst at spotting the rot. Says the Times columnist, who's gotten everything he wanted politically and economically. Since like 1997. Yeah, yeah, which which one of us is the insider here? Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't feel does, so I much like it's me. Yeah, I. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> this is perhaps why so many failed to notice the indicators blinking red in recent years. Democracy, the system of government that supposedly represented the end of history, I'll pull the other fucking klaxon, <laughs> has been in retreat. At the time of the French Revolution, only four percent of the world's nations were engaged in the experiment of representative government, a number that rose through various waves not the least after the fall of the Berlin Wall. Then there was a turning point with a steady decline in the percentage of the world's population living into what we like to call the free world. It's like, yeah, what was that? Don't worry about it. Yeah, what, what, happened, what happened there? What happened before that as well? No, no, it was just there was a turning point. So this is, this is such a fucking like IR-brained thing because it's not like, you're not assessing the qualities of any of those democracies. You're just being like, does it call itself a democracy? Good, yep, put it on the list. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it says, and at, at the same time, and intimately related, was a profound cultural retreat. The political scientist Robert Putnam, another person that these idiots like to quote, it's like he's hit every single note of what of this yeah, tiresome playing, playing the hits. Yeah, he's absolutely playing the hits. He's just saying because they, they'll they'll write this article and then say this proved everything I thought was right all along. Because again, like. The political camp I represent has ridden roughshod over the sort of political and economic consensus of like the 30 years before it sort of arose in the um, throughout the 1990s and beyond. Right. And but they they have no object permanence. So they don't understand how much of how much of this thing that they're saying is now decadent is of their own making. Mm. And all they can do is look in front of them. They're like sharks. They can they can only look ahead. And so they see like the last bit of the country that they haven't remade in their own image, which is, yeah, the fucking Wadham College JCR. And they're like, ah, that's where it all is. That that's that must be the problem because we've solved every other problem. That's the thing we haven't solved yet. And look what's happening in Eastern Europe. That's clearly it. That's what made Putin do it. Mm-hmm. He just got really mad when he was, you know, the Ents officer for Wadham College JCR. <laughs> 
I mean, this was kind of a thing where like, I was talking to Nate about it and like he was saying, you know, like, are they really going to convince all these oligarchs to turn against Putin like when they already think about the decadent West? And I'm like, well, it's not even really the decadent West. Like, it's like, because those guys are the most decadent motherfuckers on the planet. It's more that like everyone in the West is gay and a pussy. And they are sort of wrong. <laughs> like, they're not entirely wrong. <laughs> uh, so and, and so it says, perhaps the most intuitive finding is a survey question asked to students. Do you agree with the following statement? I'm a very important person. In 1950, 12% agreed. But by 1990, this had exploded to 80% and continues to rise. Uh-huh. Uh, but, that, whoa. but that that was a consequence of all of the shit that you wanted to happen. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what happened to there is no such thing as society, the sovereign individual, all this kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Also, wait, who was answering that question in 1990 that Matthew Syed is thinking about when writing this article? All of those people were like, at most four. Yeah. Matthew Syed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Matthew Syed was that guy in 1990. We are, we are going to do a this you on this article, yeah. I swear to God. Oh, God. No, yeah, it's, what is it's, Matthew it's, Syed, like fucking 53? Like, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, it's from, from the TF podcast to Matthew Syed, no you. <laughs> well, like genuinely, I, I can do a no you on this, right? Which is, okay, so while, while Putin is invading, we're spending too much time talking about pronouns. I have decided to fight this by doing an article about how we're talking too much about pronouns. Like, that's, that's replicating the problem that you think exists. If you think we're talking too much about pronouns and not enough about Putin, and your response is to talk about pronouns, then you're just... ah. And at this point, it would seem to the uninitiated observer that this entire thing is a kind of disingenuous grift. Perhaps. Which I'm sure it can't be. No, surely not. Presumably not. I, I actually think, I mean, it, I think that, like, I think they actually all believe it, to be honest. Like, there, there are only so many times columnists, I think they're all total true believers in whatever nonsense they're spouting. Mm. Um, because, like, that's how you get up every day and do that job, is you have to genuinely be incapable of remembering anything that happened more than six months ago. You have to not understand you have to be obsessed with your own powerlessness, even as your, you know, as I said, the political tendency you represent anyway, is basically like with every passing week becomes more sort of hegemonic. You have to be increasingly convinced of your own weakness or else you won't, you simply won't be able to access the madness that you need to be a columnist. Yeah, well, also, that's the thing, isn't it, right? That being a columnist is the job that sends you insane if you weren't insane already, mm. because it's essentially like being on TikTok or something. Like, you basically just every week, you have to find something to get mad at. And usually that involves inventing a guy in your head. <laughs> like, that's the... And, and that's, kind of, that's kind of the job. So, like, the whole thing is, like, inherently a grift, because, like, no one can get mad at something every week, like, to find a new thing. And so that they kind of, like, on one level they believe it, but on the other hand, that's just a product of the fact that every week they have to find a new, like, cause celebra to, like, whinge about. Mm. Well, he says, Putnam's point is that we've become more vain and self-obsessed, again, because of like some kind of ill-defined moral degeneracy, as opposed to mm. that being the main way that you get a you secure a comfortable life. Yeah, and, and complaining about vain this. and self-obsessed. Newspaper columnist. Exactly. And this is still so inward looking. Like if if you're gonna complain that like, oh, we have to we have to confront Putin on his terms or whatever bullshit you want to advocate for, fucking do that. Don't don't cry because you got everything you wanted out of politics. Mm. He says, 
uh, and more focused on rights than responsibilities. Again, I wonder how that happened. Mm-hmm. And more likely to seek fame as an end in itself rather than achieving something worthy of fame. Uh, this is this is the same thing of uh, uh, more people applied to Love Island than to Oxbridge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We are more likely to heatedly disagree on trivial matters, such as whether the word curry amounts to cultural appropriation, a classic case of what British anthropologist Ernest Crawley called the narcissism of small differences. And it's like, well, well no, actually, again, it's, that's not actually what's happened. What has happened is, um, again, like, which is that the right has through a process. So I think this is a, a, a what something I sort of, I, I was thinking about from, from David Graeber, right? This idea of schismogenesis. The idea that the main way you define yourself is by what you're not mm. and by um, and by very much differentiating yourself from people who you want to, you know, uh, oppose, who you have to convince that you find repellent and that you are not these people at all, which is that there's there's sort of concerted effort on be- on the part of the right to um, to kind of uh, mock and to basically just hate and detest anything that looks vaguely progressive at all right it's it's like that you you know that twitter account libs of tiktok right Mm -hmm. um it it has fallen to uh, well i say fallen it was already a like a, a nazi thing to start with but it's fallen to the face of every uh large sort of like content aggregator twitter account which is that they just start posting things that like you watch these things. It's like who is who? Who are you alleging is the lib in this TikTok? You're just <laughs> finding things to be mad at because you have to, and uh, it's just like it's melted into something totally like ethereal. Well, I think it's because there there is a progressive monoculture, but it's very hard to fight that. And so they're just what you do is you end up defi- what happens is you end up being so obsessed with differentiating yourself from the progressive monoculture. Would you would you, you say that yeah. this would be the narcissism of small differences? Once again, <laughs> Trash Future deploys the undefeated this you maneuver. <laughs> That's right. Well, he says now, contrary to what you might think, the next line is this is not a cheap rhetorical point. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, I retract my objections. Ah. <laughs> Thank you for helping. Well, he's foreseen our issue. <laughs> the index of political polarization, which measures the intensity of our internal squabbles, is at its highest for a century. In the United States, partisan disputes like, became so It's feverish. like the atomic clock, like minutes to midnight, yeah. but instead it's just for like having an argument yeah. over Christmas dinner. We are eight seconds from incivility. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but my it's it's my my shitty purple hair university nephew has uh, asked me if um, I've considered getting an electric vehicle. I'm now at DefCon One for throwing my turkey leg at them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fucking hate my JVM nephew so fucking much. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I gotta read the Times about it. <laughs> 